0: You know, the Keens and the Colopies, both in that kind of bastion, you know, of a community there, were able to, you know, very much hold sway. Um, and for years were pretty much the, the people on top until the kind of the, the new blood in terms of the Dundons turned up and we were tra- challenging the kind of the old establishment. It was very much the Kinhen cartel more or less told the Limerick guys, stop trying to kill each other, just sell the stuff and get on with business.
1: I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World. A podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. A 30-year-old nephew of gang boss Christy Keane tried to convince a court that €580 euro worth of cocaine and €1,300 euro in cash, along with two mobile phones, was for his own use at a family wedding in Plush, Bunratty Castle in Limerick. But his claims fell on deaf ears and he was convicted and sentenced to... Co- service by Judge Mary Larkin, who said she was absolutely satisfied that the cocaine was to sell. Keane, whose father, Pa, was a brother of Christy and Kieran Keane, is a sulky race enthusiast and has been photographed mixing with known members of his uncle's mob. Today, I'm talking with Eamon Dillon about Christy Keane's reclusive lifestyle, his survival despite years of feuds and numerous attempts on his life and his mob's love of the underground horse races, which attract a who's who of the criminal underworld. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Judge Mary Larkin was uh, in court there uh, earlier this month, and she was talking to a member of the Keane family, um, a younger nephew of the famous Christy Keane um, and she was asking him basically, you know, would he not know how much he'd spend if he went to a wedding? Because she said if she goes to a wedding, she'd buy a dress and a pair of shoes to get all fancied up. And that would be her thing. She'd know how much that dress and the shoes cost her. But how much gear, she says, did you get and how much did it cost you? And of course, she was referring to cocaine.
0: He, he, they found him anyway. He was arrested after this wedding in Bunratty Castle, a family wedding. Now, it doesn't say necessarily which side of the family it was. But he had nine little bags of uh, cocaine hidden in yeah. his underwear. He also had 1300 quid um, as well and two phones. So the guards pretty much came to the conclusion that the, the cash was basically the proceeds of the sale and supply of drugs at the wedding. And the nine bags were what was basically left over. Now, he suggested that he was doing all this himself. But I think the guards were trying to suggest that if he had been using that much cocaine, he would have ended up in hospital on, on, on the occasion. Um, I mean, and look, he, he's, he got a, this kid got a, well, he's not a kid, sorry, he's, he's 30 years old. He, he got 100 hours community service. So, you know, he, I suppose it wasn't held against him, his his uh, famous family background in that sense.
1: Yeah. So now David Keane is the son of the late Pa Keane, whose brother is the Limerick gang boss, Christy Keane, and whose other brother, uh, Ciarán Keane's murder was pretty much the start of all that awful decade long feuding down in
0: limerick so he's coming from pretty yeah um, famous know, and stock from the island field the heart of the city um you know the keens and the collapes both in that kind of bastion you know of a community there were able to you know very much hold sway um and for years were very much you know they were they were kind of pretty much the the people on top until the kind of the the new blood, in terms of the Dundans, turned up and were tra- challenging the kind of the old establishment. I mean, there was. I mean, this was you know at a time when the economy has taken off and you know late nineties, two thousand. When it was actually, you know, while while Kieran Keen uh, Senior's murder was is kind of certainly seen as the first murder uh, of the feud that went on over whatever two decades. It wasn't actually the first incident, in, and and that you know the the murder in itself wasn't was in effect. Uh, supposedly a retaliation um, after Eddie Ryan, who was an enforcer for Christy Keane, had pretty much wanted to go out on his own and tried to, to shoot his own boss. His brother, John Ryan, uh, you know, in particular, had also fallen out with the colloppies as well. Now, both Eddie and John Ryan were both subsequently murdered themselves. Eddie Ryan was shot dead in the Moose Bar in 2002. And Kieran Keane Sr. was suspected to be one of the one of the gunmen and uh, Philip Colopy, one of the, he was the enforcer of the Colopy clan. Uh, they, they were they were the two that were believed to have you know gone into the bar and, and you know there were several shots fired. It was one of these really reckless kind of uh, um, you know gangland murder murders. You know, it was looking more people weren't killed. He opened up with an automatic gun inside in a crowded pub. Um, and then so then you had the the famous double cross murder of of Kieran Keane Senior in two thousand and three. In which um, his own nephew Owen Tracy was stabbed and left for dead, but survived. That's Owen Tracy Senior. And you know this is the famous, the kind of the the night of the long knives, where I think the the Dundons were originally have were, were brought in by the by the Keens, supposedly to uh, kill uh, the the two young sons of Eddie Ryan for fear that they would try and avenge their father's death, but instead they were they were double crossed.
1: You see, I think it's it's such a significant thing now to look back on that keen murder because in actual fact, that's what would become the modus operandi of the Dundons and what they've gone on to do time and again is these quite... Uh, intricate double crosses that you wouldn't necessarily think that they have the academic, uh, you know, to sit down and to plan this kind of thing. But they really are quite clever when it comes to murder. And they've gone on to be suspected of similar only in the last few years in relation to the murder of uh, of Robbie Lawler in Belfast. And it seems to be something that they brought with them uh, from the UK I don't know whether there's something in the background there that, or else they did it once and it worked. But maybe just will we remind ourselves about exactly what happened to Kieran Keane that time?
0: Yeah, they were they were lured out basically outside outside of the city, to, you know, to a, a quiet laneway where they were they were, I think, under the impression that they were going to see the, the the two young Ryan's being murdered, and and that was that was the deal. But instead, the the Ryan's, if you remember, they had been. Um, They'd been kidnapped off the street in quite a show. Smokey Costello, their pal, was with them, and the two boys were bundled in the car. The mother went on national um, national media, appealing for her help in finding her sons. And you know, she did, did she? Was she? Anyone, yeah. you know, there's no suggestion that she was anyway in on the plot or anything like that. Uh, and so the impression was given that these two guys were, were these two young men were probably already dead, that they'd been kidnapped by by uh, you know a serious armed gang. Uh, so, I mean, it was literally then, you know, it was a week, about a week later, a couple of days later then that, you know, Kieran Keane was murdered and Owen Tracy, lucky to survive. And shortly after that, then the two yeah. Ryans, you know, walked into uh, the Garda station in Port Leash, um, Hale and hearty. So you can argue it's a happy ending to that that scale of it. And, the, you know, of course, the suspicions while, are that, you know, this is all part of the ruse, um, you know, cooked up by the Dundons or other people the Dundans were working with. And, and it was, you know, it was a, a double cross and it, it was very much aimed at taking the keen Colopy gang out of the equation um, and putting the McCarthy Dundons on top as the top dogs and they were going to control the, the city's drug trade. And as we know, it's not just the city, it's, you know, the entire Midwest region, even possibly into Cork as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, Owen Tracy did survive, which was extraordinary. He stabbed 17 times and he was left on the roadside for dead. Um was his evidence key to the jailing of the five-man gang? If he had have died, was it possible they might have got away with it?
0: Uh, I, I, it does look like it. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I have to say, I can't remember that the what the, the detail of, of um, you know, the evidence against him, what it was now. But I mean, there was, there was I, I mean, there's five people that were jailed for life on the back of that, including Desi Dundon, one of the Dundon brothers. I mean, and they're still inside. And if you remember... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Judge Carney, you, you know, yeah. famously kind of said, you guys are going to stay in jail until the feud is over. So, you know I mean? They're still in there. We still know that there's stirrings every so often in Limerick. And there's all this, this sense of fear that, you know, this could all take off again. Yeah. Uh, and, and and things have been quiet, which is it's an interesting... We, Maybe should come back to that later and we'll talk about why things are quiet.
1: Yeah, because we seem to be sort of talking about the Limerick mobs a little bit more of late. And there is there does seem to be some sort of uh, movement with them a little bit. Certainly the the Dundon gang trying to make a little bit of a uh, elbowing their way back in there. And obviously we've spoken about the younger member of that Dundon organization is so feared and believed to be. Uh, possibly a trained assassin already at a very young age. But Christy Keen is... Right. The wedding story was uh, obviously you had it in the in the paper in the Sunday World this week. It was I I found it interesting because of the judge's comments. It was just funny. But nonetheless, this David Keane, it was a family wedding. There was no sign of Christy Keane at that family wedding. And previous to this, there had been another family occasion, not a celebration, but when Pa Keane had died last year. Now, this was uh, David Keane's father and he was. The last remaining brother, I think, of Christy Keener is there a larger family of them? Um,
0: there was certainly three brothers uh, as far as man, I knew. I'm, I'm not sure. I know that you know that. Well, Kieran was was his younger brother was killed. Um, he was murdered in 2002, and packing then died in natural causes last year. And of course, he wasn't involved in crime at all.
1: No, he was he, a city yeah, sweeper. He worked for the council. Yeah and uh he his at his funeral there certainly wasn't any obvious sighting of christy keen perhaps he was there in the crowds in the background he certainly didn't stand forward as as you know the family head because he's a little bit cleverer than that christy keen and he has survived an assassination attempt himself in more recent years but he's also he he's much much Uh, he's a quieter kind of a certainly a guy who has stayed in the background which has probably helped his survival through all the the decades of of war and in the Limerick area and between gangs rivals of his.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he he has been lucky. I mean, there was the 2000 uh, Eddie Ryan gun jams which is what saved his life and he was shot again then in 2015 Um, and now, there's, there's three people charged with that. They're due in the special criminal court. I, um, I, I think it's towards the end of this year or early next year. Uh, so, I mean, so that, that's that's going to go ahead in the special criminal court. But he, he was lucky in that sense that uh, it was his fitness and his good health that he was able to run. He was able to outpace the gunman. Now, he was actually shot four times. But I do remember that he, he was out a month later, out of hospital. We actually photographed him. That's the picture we have him with the, the furry hood that we've used. Yeah. And it's a more recently updated picture um, compared to the, the mugshot, I think, that was used for about 10 years while he was inside doing his time for, for cannabis.
1: Eamon, in a kind uh, so, of a, yeah, a parker jacket, I would describe it as maybe more suitable for men in their 20s.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not really going to get into the fashionista element of it, Nicola. You know, I, bet I you do have like one. I like to wear my own uh, <laughs> fur-lined jacket myself. The odd time, you know, so I can't really start giving out about other people's choice of clothes. <laughs> in fairness, uh, but look, I mean, yeah, he is—he is, he is one of these guys who, by all accounts, you know, you know, the monk famously got his 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 moniker because he was, you know, this clean living, non-smoking, non-drinking type. And by all accounts, Christy Keane very much follows that as well. I mean, it was his. It was his health routine, going to the UL gym, you know, early in the morning to do his workout, that got him killed, or almost got him killed. That the people who wanted to shoot him knew knew when to get him, and 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 that was really out of the blue that attempt on his life, or certainly the you know the shooting. There've been you know there've been I think the last murder in the Limerick Food is in, in twenty twelve. So you've had three years of 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 no open hostilities. Now I know in the lead up to that there was some younger members of. Either faction had been kind of, you know, getting into headbutting each other in the sense, you know, there was car chases and car rammings and kind of this sort of low level stuff. And it was building up. But um, it, it was very much it went it went against it, it kind of went against what was expected of them, of both, you know, gang leaders in that, you know, it was pure feud. I remember one source telling me at the time, and that's how they described it. It says nothing to do with business. It was just pure hatred. Right. You know, somebody wanted to shoot him and wanted, you know, to cause him pain or kill him and had nothing to do with selling drugs, you know, because like I go back to what I said earlier, the reason why we had this kind of lull and peace, you know, stuff that you've written about as well, you know, about Eds and, and, and Fat John McCarthy, uh, you know, they had become close to Thomas Bomber Kavanaugh at this stage. And it was very much the Kinahan cartel more or less told the Limerick guys stop trying to kill each other, just sell the stuff and get on with business. And, you know, and I, I think, you know, the, the fact that there's been no retaliation since then is, is is indicative of that, you know, the message involved was taken to heart. And, and certainly you can argue that, you know, some of the people, you know, that are thought to have been behind it, we now know would be considered a little bit isolated now from the McCarthy Dundons. You know, they, they wouldn't be as central as they were in the past. So it's quite possible it's cost somebody, you know, their, their status within the gang. Or certainly, you know, they're not being listened to or, you know, they're not being followed, you know, that they don't really they don't have what, you know, the power or the clout that they had in the past.
1: Well, Keane certainly in recent years also also seems to have set his sights on creating a very sophisticated money laundering operation in Limerick. And he was certainly linked to some raids on or he was associated with raids on uh, some car dealerships in the area and. it's like as if he's matured, I think, into probably a uh, more professional style criminal than the one he was when it all kicked off and when his brother was being killed. And when, as you say, pure feud, that sort of hatred, that personal vendettas against one another, they they've matured nearly like a fine wine into a uh, way more sophisticated drug outfits.
0: Well, I, 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 look, I mean. In, in normal commercial world if you don't adapt your business models you don't survive and i, I you'd imagine in the underworld it's a little bit sharper than that that you know you've got to be you know to use corporate speak you got to be agile and you've got to be ready to move with the times and so look i mean if you're making if you're making good money and we can safely you know believe that the likes of chris Le Keane is a multi-millionaire at this stage not that you'd know it i mean you know his his house is a you know, a very modest, you know, house in a, in a relatively, you know, quiet part of, of Limerick, is beside beside the a railway track, you know. But I mean, it's in, it, it, you know, it looks to all intents and pur- purpose like a, a leafy middle class suburb where he lives. So I mean, it, we know we know he enjoys his trips away to Spain. I'm sure he does. You know, other things with his money. He's certainly into. Um, I know in the past we, we've had him at, um, sulky racing, you know, pony trotting and this, this sort of thing. He, he enjoys his p- pursuits in, in that regard. And of course he was involved in the, you know, that, um, wasn't it the kidnap of the, the, the greyhounds? Now, when I say he was involved, he, he was credited with being the middleman who helped sort it out and get the dog rescued and brought back home safely. The kidnap of the speedster Claire's
1: rocket from its owner Graham Holland's yeah. training yard in Tipperary, which happened in nineteen or sorry, nineteen sixteen. Where am I? I've lost a century there, not even a couple of years or once. <laughs> I, I actually need to sleep. That's really bad. <laughs> Anyway, this happened back in 1916, people who like history shows. Uh, In December of 2016, and uh, Keane was one of four men arrested, but he actually did come back with this uh, with this greyhound and who had been up for ransom. Uh, Having had a greyhound myself, I did feel terribly sorry for that poor creature as he was out there. God knows what was happening to him. But coming back to something you mentioned there, because I did want to ask you about this, and I'm fascinated by this sulky racist stuff, because actually David Keane, who who was the guy caught at the wedding with uh, thousands of euro of cocaine for his own use, uh, plus a few bob to spend on drinks, uh, as he would say himself. But um, he's involved in the sulky races. That seems to be one of the activities he's been involved in. He's been pictured with certain members of the Keen gang who, unlike Christie, are before the courts. So we won't go into uh, who they are or what their charges are for the moment until those trials get underway. But what is this sulky racist stuff and what is the attraction with crime gangs to it? Because you often seem to be I often seem to be reading stories you have about that. They're they're involved in this. I, like I've never been at the sulky races. Have you
0: I, I, not in recent times? But no, in, in the distant past, I was I was at a few when I, I guess I would be able to be a bit more incognito than I would. not Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's just it's usually run over over a certain distance, probably about a mile, or usually it's a mile. Um, uh, and it, it's basically a two-wheeled cart, you know, for lack of a better word. It's like the official version would be known as harness racing. Right. Which is, it's the biggest form of horse racing in the likes of France and Canada. Um, the the the, the, you know, the, the biggest the form of horse use, racing, you know, like
1: not, as in at all the major
0: uh, stadiums and stuff. Yeah, it'd be the biggest kind of horse racing sport in in France it'd be bigger than, you know, what normal we horse look racing. at as horse racing in Ireland. Really? You know, like in and in in the States it's huge as well. You know, the the, the harness racing as they call it. Here here we, we know it as, as sulky racing. It's a sulky is is the two wheel cart and you have yeah. your pilot or your jockey um sitting on this very lightweight frame and it's harnessed onto the horse and they just go flat out. And it's very much a, you know it's a one mile, it's a sprint. Um but like you see, yeah, I mean look jeez, we've had um you know, people named in the High Court as as uh, members of the Kinnahan gang. You know, who yeah. are huge enthusiasts. Their Facebook is full of all these ponies, um, and and uh, the, you know, there always has been. Like, we know Troy Jordan was an you know was big into it as well. I'm mean, I'm sure there's an element of uh, it's the underworld's kind of golf club. You get to know people. You get to meet them in a social setting, have a chat, figure out if you like them or not. You know, and you might meet up later, do business another time. But you know, and as well that you're all in it together. So you're you're doing something that's essentially. From a gangland point of view, it's fairly harmless, but at the same time, it shows that you're willing to kind of, you know, to stick a finger up to the guards or whatever it is, you know, because these races take place basically on public roads, usually, you know, a straight patch of motorway, something so they can get the cars, you know, all across. I mean, they're absolutely chaotic. You see some of these races, you have two of these sulkies going flat out um, and, and there's maybe there could be eight cars abreast directly behind them, some of them on the opposite carriageway even on the opposite hard shoulder and then some poor person is driving down the road at half 8 on a sunday morning and in south kildare or somewhere and finding themselves having to pull in or you know take evasive action you know and how somebody isn't get you know hasn't been seriously yes. hurt i've seen the videos of them it's, they're it's, really it's scary the and, it, and i know i know a lot of um, sorry just i know a lot of the the animal activists have been kind of campaigning uh, fairly, you know, hard behind the scenes trying to lobby uh, you know, different local guards where there's a hot spot. And they've managed to move on some of the races. So I mean there would have been places that would have been used on a regular basis. Um and they've kind of had to move around the country a little bit. But there'd be you know, you could you'd have people from Sligo and people from Cork turning up to to race their horses in, you know, in Dublin, in Kildare, in meath or in the UK. I mean, the guys are going abroad, they're racing you know, and and it's all it's all really well organized. You know, there's a round one, there's the heats, there's the different classes, there's money put down. But you know, like like horse, unlike horse racing, the official stuff and the official harness racing, it's not entirely regulated. So I mean, you know, there's one veterinary expert was telling me about some of the different drugs they use to to allow the horses, you know, get more oxygen through the lungs, but it kind of clots the blood, and and sometimes these horses just drop dead. You know, despite all the, the huge care and attention that they give. And, you know, and, and you see these guys putting up their 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 TikTok videos of their their favorite horse or a pony. And, yeah. you know, they're under their little warm lights and they got their blankets on, you know, and they're 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 being mollycoddled to a point. But then they're absolutely run flat out. A lot of them are only a year or two old. Their their bones aren't really able to take the hard, the you know, the hard surface of the road. And, you know, they, the the animal welfare people feel this is really cruel. Um, And the lack of regulation, you know, and the the danger of the roadside thing as well. But that makes a nice little mix for people who are on that side of the law. It's a way of, you know, it's not a golf club, you know, but there is a kind of a membership bar. Yeah, you've got to show that you're willing to be a little bit out there. So it's a good way of kind of meeting like minded people. So just as you
1: were describing this, there was a question rattling around in my head and I thought, oh, that answers it. There is no sort of corporate area or corporate boxes when it comes to silky racing. If this is all organized on the side of the road, is there any of it kind of uh, in like official legal done in? Is there not some of it done up in Laytown? Is that my imagination?
0: No, there, there is there is um, there is a harness racing track in Ireland. I mean, yeah. it, but it's a, it's a very much a minority sport here. I mean, they're 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 different horses. I forget. Sorry, I forget the name. I know I originally killed airman, but I forget yeah. the name of them. But they're not a, they're not thoroughbreds. They have a different gait. Um, you know, they 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 they, they they're, the horses are trained to trot rather than gallop. You know, so they're not, you know, kicking the the, the pilot on on the on the the sulky behind them. So it's it's a very different. You know, it it's is. a different form of horse racing. I'm race. sorry,
1: what I'm thinking of is just completely and utterly different is the late races on the beach, which is just a completely different thing altogether. Um, so, like, they meet at these events, they have a bit of sport, presumably they have a bet, conversations can happen, and it's a kind of a little underworld sporting event,
0: essentially. Yeah, and, like, without a doubt, you know, I mean... And like the, the odd time, you know, we've managed to catch one or two of these guys on on, on film or in photographs at, at these things. But I mean, a lot of them are quite happy openly, you know, talk about it on their Facebook and, you know, it's, it's there really for anyone to see. I mean, they're not too worried about being caught. But I mean, I remember even, you know, 20 plus years ago, um, I can't even remember the guy's name, uh, a fellow was shot dead at the time. I think he was ex IRA man. Um, and, you know, and, and the sulky, the sulky was were, were, Lined up against the wall in the house you know i mean it was it was always that kind of you know attracted you know that element uh you know the people within the the, the underworld now there's plenty of people i'm sure involved like you know who just you know they're into it because they love it and you know and they, they they don't want to necessarily get involved in a whole regulated sport and all the rest and you, that's you know it's a you know it's a, an element of if you, to get boring about it well that's up to them in a sense it's up to them to be socially responsible they're probably breaking traffic laws yeah and well they know, certainly are if they're animal, illegally animal closing main but.
1: roads for it i mean like surely the setup of it and it takes more than just two sulkies with the little carts behind them like i mean a big gr- group must you know converge on these roads and uh surely it's kind of obvious when it's about to happen is it not
0: no, they. to be honest, like haven't been at them. It, you know, it's it's you, you have to be part of the group. You have to know when and where it's on. And and it forms pretty quickly. And it's gone again very quickly. Really? You know, I and mean, when were you, were you at? It, I was it was I'd say it was in it was in Limerick and it must have been 2004, 2005. And, you know, again, there, there was um, I forget who we were after someone in particular at the time. We were told that they were likely to be there. And it was on the dual carriageway um, coming in, in into the city from the Ennis side. Um, and it just, you know, and again, I, you know, I got there and it was over in three minutes. You know, I right. haven't spent, you know, whatever, two hours getting there. Right. <laughs> the whole thing was done and dusted and, and gone. People dissipated. You know, there was no hanging around. And like presumably, kind of round two or whatever.
1: nowadays, it's arranged on a WhatsApp group when you have to be somewhere in a certain period of time, just get there and the thing is yeah. on and over. Yeah, it sounds yeah, to me and know, it's
0: it, a flash mob type thing, you know, it certainly looks
1: like when you see those scary videos of the roads being shut off and the speed at which they're traveling, it certainly does look like the sort of thing that people will only start to sit up and take notice of if there is a, a tragedy or an accident, if either a member of the public or somebody involved in it is is killed because, um, yeah, they're they're definitely uh hazardous there's just no question about it to have them on these main roads Ah,
0: and is there not is it not possible
1: to hold them in fields and to have them in kind of contained environments and i know
0: yeah i mean yeah of course of course it is yeah but that would take a bit of commitment from someone to put up the the capital and build it and and there is like you know there is a um harness racing track in ireland and and there is you know there has been attempts to reach out to people say look can you not can you not go on the roads but they don't, they don't like it. They see it as the, this is the traditional form of the sport. This is the true yeah. form of the sport, you know, and going into a track is a sanitized, boring version. So why should we do that? You know, and I mean, that's the, that's, that's the point of view they're coming from, you know, just as some people like are going to stick with bare knuckle fighting on the basis that this is the way we've always done it. You know, I so why they should we, just... you know, put on gloves and get into a ring and, you know, and, and have a referee and, you know, proper rules and regulations. Why can't we just go at it and, you know, just do what we want? And which again, you know, sums up, a lot, a lot of the, I suppose, some of the people who are in business of the business of crime, that's their attitude. Why can't I just do what I want?
1: Well, clearly they haven't experienced the corporate box, which is really just a lot nicer <laughs> when you can sit back
0: <laughs> yeah. and somebody I mean, brings I you like your that, gin and tonic
1: yeah. and you bet on a horse because you like the name of it. Amy Dillon, thank you very much.
0: No worries. Always a pleasure, Nicola.
1: You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free Sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.